want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com. Slide in our DMs on IG at faderoutepodcast. Drop us a DM on Twitter at faderoutednz. Comment on our YouTube channel, The Fade Route with DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it, we want to hear from you. Get at us, in crowd. Well, it's a big show. Welcome to the Fade Route. It's a big show with DNZ. Here are your hosts. DNZ. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Fade Route with DNZ. I am Z, and we got a great show for you. We're ordering up the American League Central. We're talking about LeBron's foot pop and that's that's gotta be king but we begin with the story out of Georgia former Georgia star Jalen Carter right one of the top prospects possibly the number one overall pick in next month's NFL draft has been charged with reckless driving and racing in connection with the crash that killed not only his teammate Devin Willick but also a recruiting staff member, Chandler LaCroix. Now, racing was involved, alcohol was involved, high speed was involved, right? In the state of Georgia, reckless driving and racing are both misdemeanors. So, this is potentially huge in terms of what the impact is on Mr. Carter's life, but it is important to note that two other people's lives were taken in this instance. In this incident, two people were killed, right? Now, there are multiple wrongs here, right? You're speeding, you're racing, the driver of the second car was over the legal limit. She was almost double the legal limit in terms of alcohol consumption. So, there is no right here. There is no right, there is no wrong. Everybody here is at fault, right? Everybody here is at fault for what is going on. There are different degrees of fault, but there is definite, there's a definite, definite issue here. And judgment is definitely something that you need to call into question and it's very sad that two people have lost their lives <coughs> now as the sports world goes and how this how the sports world turns immediately the fickle nature of it is how is this going to affect his draft stock which is preposterous, right? Considering the fact that people just lost their lives. But in this commodity type industry, 
where players are sometimes treated like very highly paid cattle. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Well, what what's going to happen? You know, he was consensus number one. Like if you know, he, Chicago was going to take him, but now Chicago might not take. You know, people start to project that and kind of lose the bigger picture. Encourage your child to imagine what the world would be like if we didn't have such callous behavior. It's very callous. We're going to resist that, or at least we're going to try to, right? We're a sports show. Eventually, it's going to come up, but we need to resist that kind of behavior and really take into account that two people are dead. The person who is alive is affected by this, possibly irrevocably. We don't know him. We don't know how this is going to affect him, you know? But we need to keep an eye on this and we need to spin forward ideas of name, image, and likeness. Is this too much too fast for student-athletes? Pandora's box is open, but is the flood too strong? Especially in a big-time SEC school like Georgia where you were getting everything you wanted to begin with and now it's legal. Like, that's something that needs to be questioned, right? The person, one of the people worked for the for the school. She was on a recruiting, she was on the recruiting staff. That's a school employee. And it's it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy on many levels. But we're going to see where this shakes out and where it kind of spins forward. But I think it's important that we remember, especially as we're going into the combine and we're going to talk about it, like this is something that is going to hang over this athlete. And we're going to see, you know, we're, we're definitely going to see how... Jalen Carter recovers from this. And here he is. I've known this guy since our days on Carousel Shoes Flight Crew through and through the last QB in St. John's history. What's up, D? How's it going, man? Hey, yeah, I mean, it's uh, tough to start out the show on such a somber note. Um, you know, the problem is kids are reckless, man. Like, you know, I've been there. I've, I've definitely gone faster than I should have I've I've drank and drove when I shouldn't have you know people make mistakes and in my situation I was fortunate enough where I never hurt anybody and I never got hurt but you know these are kids that because of how good they play football because of the school they go to and because of the success of the program this is in big shining lights for everybody to see and you know he's a guy that they're saying he was a part of it because he was racing Mm -hmm. and now this affects his life in a negative way not just in the forms of playing football but i'm sure there's a part of him 
that feels tremendously guilty about what happened at however old he is, 18, 19, 20, 21, he, this is going to weigh on your conscience because of poor decisions that were made. And it's it's just a shame. And, and you know, we talked about this in the production meeting, but it's hard to believe that name, image, and likeness isn't a part of this. Um, schools being able to play paid players or boosters being able to pay players isn't a part of this. It's hard to believe that betting isn't a part of this. It's hard to believe that all of the negative culture that surrounds college sports didn't play into this. If, I'm, if, my, mem- if my memory serves me correctly, I believe this all happened on the day of the parade or the day after the parade or something like that. That they're celebrating because they won a national championship, celebrating until wee hours in the morning where a person who's twice over the limit is driving a car over 100 miles per hour. Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> you know? And we've been talking about it. You know, we, we've definitely mentioned it in our production meeting, but how many guys have had this happen to them? Where you're combining alcohol and reckless decision making at high speed, and now all of a sudden, like, you've taken a life. Yeah, and, and there's no do-overs, man. Like you don't, you don't, <coughs> you don't get, you don't get to do that over. I, I remember, you know, I've been told many, many times, nothing good happens after midnight. No. Nothing good happens after midnight. You know. Put the drink down. Call yourself a cab. Just, it's just something that is, it's just, it's terrible. And, you know, I feel terrible for all the people involved. You know, even Jalen Carter, two people that died, their families, feel terrible about it. It's a huge ripple effect. It's a huge, huge ripple effect. It's never going to go away. Step outside of your safe area and make a statement without saying much with FCK Clout Lifestyle Apparel. Embrace the colorful chaos and stay emotionally regulated in their hoodies, snapbacks, graphic tees, accessories, and more. Season 3 merch is up now. Get it while you can. Go to fckclout.com and get all of your needs from men and women. That's fckclout.com. But, you know, we we, tradition, we uh, transition over to basketball. We begin today's show with the Lakers and LeBron James. The good news was that the Lakers overcame a 27-point deficit against the Mavs over the weekend. The bad news is that James felt a pop in his foot and is feared to be out for an extended period of time. On top of that, the Lakers also lost last night to the Grizz. Street closes out with a foot injury of his own. The Lakers made a few additions at the deadline. But did they do enough to overcome these injuries and stay afloat in the West? We're going to find out. I mean, <laughs> we're going to find out. Oh, That's they sure. pay you more than that saying you're going to find out. Come on. We, we're we're going to find out. Give a projection. Out. See, come on. Give us 
give us tell us how you really feel i'll tell you how i really feel they certainly made moves to make their team better they certainly made moves to get into the playing game they're sitting at 12 but man you're gonna you're not gonna have lebron for the next two weeks probably and realistically probably not until the play-in starts you need anthony davis to be the anthony davis of like six years ago like you need that anthony davis right now and charles sir charles barkley does not think he's capable of it shaquille o'neal doesn't think he's capable of it i don't think he's capable of it but he can do it we've seen it we've seen him be a beast on the pelicans you've seen him dominate and score at will then we just see him take a back seat, man. We see him like, you know, getting in getting in Schroeder's face for a bad pass. You gotta go get the ball. Go get the ball, man. You're the big. Post up your man and go get the basketball. You could shoot, you could dribble, you can go to the basket, you can do everything. Be that guy. You don't gotta be second fiddle to LeBron just because Le- what happened? Why can't Anthony Davis say, you know what? LeBron's out, but man. Give me the ball. I mean, he was playing really good against it. I I think he was playing really good last night against the Grizzlies. I think he had like 19 rebounds. He had like 28 points. He was like 9 for 19 from the floor. Like, give that much effort and have your cast around you support you. You could average 110, 112 game points while LeBron's out. You can get into that playing game. And what happens when you get into the playing game? I don't know. But I certainly think there's there's a, Anthony Davis gotta rise gotta rise to the occasion. When is he ever? Never. 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 So at, never. at some point, at some point, you are who you are, right? Bill Parcells, you are what your record says you are. In the biggest moments, Anthony Davis is on the sidelines in street clothes. But the thing is, is like I what I don't understand is it's like. What happened to him? Like, why did you become this inferior guy? It's because you're you're delicate, you're fragile. Like, why can't you take charge and say, you know what, I'm gonna do this while LeBron's out? I thought it was interesting recently. I saw a thing where Paul George kind of admitted where he's like, I'm not the guy. I can't be for me to be for me to be successful. I can't be the guy. And you know what? I kind of applaud Paul George for saying that because I said that while he was with Oklahoma City and I said that, you know, back when he was with the Pacers when he was trying to beat LeBron. Like, that's just not who you are. Like, he realized who he is. And, you know, a lot of people get on LeBron James for that <coughs> that move down to Miami. But that, that move was because he needed help to beat Boston. He couldn't beat Boston without two other guys, two other Hall of Fame caliber players. I'm not mad at him for that. That's fine. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's a guy that realized, hey man, I'm not winning without help. And he acknowledged that. But then don't come out and say you're the best in the world. That's that's when you lose me. You know, that's that's when you lose you lose a little respect when you you come out and say you're the best, but you had to go get help. You had to do now. Don't work like that, man. Don't work like that. So, for for Anthony Davis, kind of this this is your chance to rise to the occasion. This is the chance for you. Put the team on your back. 
And you know what? LeBron's on here, but I'm going to get us to the playing game. I'm not going to win us a championship. I'm not going to... I'm not going to win us a series. I'm going to get us to the playing game. Like, that's the focus right now. Let's get to the playing game. Anthony Davis is mediocre. He's the very definition of an F- of an alleged superstar. What kills me about Anthony Davis is, like, I believe Mike Wilbon and the guys have been thinking he's, like, a top five player at one point. At they, no point in his life was no. he ever a top five player. He was once. You think so? In college. You think so? That was the last time he was good. That team was so stacked. I don't know. That was the last time he fulfilled his potential. And what happened? He got hurt. Oh, wow. What a story. Anthony Davis got hurt. This is his lot in life. He just accept it. Accept it. This is who he is. This is what you're going to get from him. He didn't begrudge Bill Walton when his body betrayed him. You didn't begrudge Greg Odin. You didn't begrudge Yao Ming. He's just a big friggin' dude. And big dudes break down. That's who he is. He's never going to be that monster inside presence because he's fragile. And one bruise is going to set him out for a month. That's who Anthony Davis is. Now, my bigger concern is LeBron's foot. LeBron is also a big guy. He's 6'9", 250 pounds. He now has to put 6'9", 250 pounds of pressure on his foot. He already has the immense pressure of carrying this franchise on his back. Right? Now he's going to rush back. For what? Ricky Waters once said, for who? For what? Let's look at this team. For who? For what? D'Angelo Russell. How about he step up, right? This yeah. is round two for him. Get out there and show him what you made of. Get out there and show why they traded for you. Rui Hashimura, right? They went and got you out of Washington. Live up to your potential. Mo Bamba, they went and got you out of Orlando, right? They brought back Dennis Schroeder. These are the guys that need to step up. So you're saying you're you're taking the whole uh, Billy Bean approach here. Replace him in the aggregate, huh? You need to. <laughs> you need to. Billy would be so proud of you, Z. It, you have to because it's going to take a team effort. It's going to take a team effort to dig out of this because... To to, so just, just to get to the playing game or to actually succeed in the playoffs? To find success with this team. Okay. Make, you know, to find success. Because if they make it, they're going to be the seventh seed, right? They're going to draw the Grizzlies in the first round. What's success? Two wins? Oh, so you're, you're okay. Yeah. What, let's define uh, success. Yeah, I mean, to me, they sh- it's hard to say, Z. I mean, I think they should be able to beat the Grizz, man. Especially like, if John Morant keeps doing what he's doing and ends up in friggin' jail. What is going on with John Morant? I mean, really, the kings of the three seed. Mm-hmm. The kings. The Sacramento mm-hmm. kings or the three seed in the National Basketball Association. Yes, that is true. That is absolutely true. And the team that I think is going to fall out of contention, which is going to make room for an interesting little thing, a little interesting race, the Mavs. Yeah. The Mavs? Let's talk about that for a second before <laughs> we talk about the, we finish off with the Lakers. 
Way to go, guys. 27 points, and you friggin' blew it. Like, Kyrie is bitching at Luka. Luka forgot the rules that he can't... He could go into the backcourt and get an inbounds. Like, you can do that. It's legal. So, Luka bitching at... complaining a lot, man. He's not playing, <laughs> he's not playing two-way basketball. No. He's, he's bitching at the ref. He's complaining too much, man. Just play the game. And he's only playing in one way. Mm-hmm. He's not playing any defense at all, man. No. And this is where Jason Kidd is going to earn his money. Like, he was supposed to be the Luka Whisperer. Yeah. Like, that was his role. And if he can't get it together, because now you got Jason Kidd and you got Kyrie, right? You have two guys trying to talk to Luka. Who are you listening to? Kyrie or the surefire Hall of Famer? Well, I know Mark Cuban's not happy. You saw his expression after the game. How could you be? If you're Mark Cuban, how could you be if you're going to be doing this? But they could be plummeting at the playoffs. So that moves the Wolves up. That moves the Jazz up. That moves the Pels up. And that moves the Blazers in. Now, Dame Willard can't score 71 at night. I mean, he could, but, you know, like that's going to be... That's a lot of work. And that's the very definition of, you know, what needs to have one guy on their back. Right? That's what should be happening. But I don't know if it's sustainable. So realistically to me, it's a three-way. And really it's a two-way because I really don't believe in the Mavs. It's Blazers and Lakers for that final 10th spot. I can, you know... Now, the Lakers are 5-9 and nine without LeBron. Right? And if they're not going to have LeBron and they're not going to have Anthony Davis for the remainder remainder of the season or the foreseeable future, these guys need to step up. Jared Vanderbilt's stepping up. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's one guy. That's one. Yeah. Now you need to start. Now you, the other guys need to come along. Austin Reeves. He's good. He, he, he need, gives he a lot of effort. A lot of effort. He gives effort. You need more. Like Everybody, it's, the, it's time. Lonnie Walker. You were a very good player in San Antonio. Like, it's time for you to come in and time for you to ascend, right? It's, this is why they, it is time. It's why they got you. This is why they got you. Now you need to go in and now you need to make it happen. But what do you think? Do you think that, I mean, is that reasonable or is this something, it, it, you know, is, are they really just fighting for the 10 seed or like, can they actually, you know, can they survive long enough to get LeBron and Anthony Davis back in the playoffs? It really just depends on matchups, right? Um, mm-hmm. That's why I keep saying, I think the step is, is just like, let's get into the plane. Like, that's step one, all right? And then you can figure it out from there. Because I do think they could win a, they could win a series against the Grizzlies. I'm not scared of the Grizzlies. The Nuggets, they propose a problem. I don't, you know, you're not, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to beat the Nuggets, you know, so, and then as far as moving on down the line, yeah, certainly they could beat a Kings team, I think, you play a Suns team, uh, no, I don't think so, play a Warriors team, no, I don't think so, With healthy Splash Brothers, absolutely not, Clippers, I don't think so, so, you know, it just, you just go down the line, so, 
just get it, you know, get in and figure it out from there. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto. We really care about what's under your hood. In other news, the NFL Combine is this weekend. And the Chicago Bears are already making headlines. Adam Schefter is reporting the Bears are inclined to trade the number one overall pick rather than remain in the top spot, signaling that the organization believes in Justin Fields. But see, who will take the bait and move ahead of the Texans to draft the best quarterback in this draft? Well, it won't be the Broncos, right? <laughs> I think we can agree on that, that the Broncos are Who are finally... the Broncos? Do you mean the Denver Saints? <laughs> I think you're, you're, you're referring to the Denver Saints. You know. Yes, yes, I am. And I'm figure, you know, they figured it out. They figured out their quarterback at least, you know, contractually. Just to, just to side part on that a little bit, it's very interesting how ultimately Russell Wilson got what he wanted. You know, reports are that he wanted to have John Snyder and Pete Carroll fired so that they could hire Sean Payton and bring in all of his. And remember, if you remember, when Russell Wilson was looking to get traded before the season last two years ago, one of the places he wanted to go to was the Saints. Yes, that's true. Interesting. Very interesting how he's getting everything he wants now in Denver. Well, everything he wants, better he better start giving a return on this investment. Because if he keeps doing what he was doing last year, he's not long for Denver. I don't care what they're paying him. Like, you cannot deliver, you know, as many touchdowns as you do toilets. Oh, you just can't do that. You can't do it. You but anyway, back, back to the so, and also congratulations to Coach Westhoff, special teams coach of the Denver Saints. So, we figured it out as soon. Friend we, of the program. Friend of the program. We figured it out when you laid those breadcrumbs that you were in Denver meeting a friend. Like, yeah, like you're, you're. We, we knew, we knew, but we, we were letting you make the announcement, Coach. Congratulations, and hopefully we can have you on again. But um, as far as who's trading up. You figure whoever is, whoever you hear, Houston's getting work, right? You figure that this is just an opportunity to try and make the Texans blink. So you hear the Colts. I don't necessarily buy the Colts. Like the Colts have a good team. Like they have a fairly good roster. They have Jonathan Taylor. They have Pittman. They have guys on that. And I don't think you take a step back with a rookie quarterback. I don't necessarily think you go that way. Now, does Tampa Bay? Tampa Bay has Kyle Trask. You know? Exactly. So, does Tampa Bay get in the mix? Maybe. But whoever you hear, whatever you hear bubbling right now, this is designed to spook Houston into making the trade. Number one, number two, and more picks for the number one overall pick, so they ensure that they get Bryce Young out of Alabama. Now, this could also be just a, a smoke screen, you know? 
this could be an absolute smokescreen. Like they could, they could take Jalen Carter still. They could take Will Anderson if they don't get a deal that they want. They don't have to make a trade. They don't oh, I have disagree. To. Oh, I disagree, Z. I disagree. I think they're moving this pick, dude. I, 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 they, they have they, to, that. They better they don't get have a good to, return. They're gonna get a good return. Why? Why? What would, what would make you think they're not gonna get a good return on this? It's the number one pick in the draft. You're gonna get Bryce Young. Okay. You're gonna get your choice of quarterback. Why would you? Why would you think they're not gonna get a good return? And what do you think is a good return? Right? You swapping ones, a three and a five, right? No, I'm thinking more. You than want that. more? You want multiple ones? I want, you want RG, this year's I, one I, and next year's I, one and a three. I want the RG three package. <laughs> of course you do. Of if course. I'm a GM, if I'm a GM, I want the RG three package. <laughs> I want the Ricky Williams package. You want the plaque platinum deal. You want the I platinum. Want the, exactly. You want the platinum. Deal. <laughs> and I want stock options. <laughs> Damn it. I have the leverage. I have the pick. You need to you need to convince me. You need to woo me, motherfucker. That's right. You need to wind me and you need to dine me. Because at the end of the day, I can turn around and I can just take Devin Weatherspoon from Illinois. Like I could take Tyree Wilson. I could take whoever the hell I want. I got the pick. Right? I, I have the pick. I have the leverage. I have what you want. So if I'm the Colts or if I'm the Texans. Or if I'm the Panthers, I'm, you know, like, I need to talk turkey. And I need to put a representative offer on the table. I need to ensure that I get this pick. If I believe in Bryce Young or Will Levis or CJ Stroud, whomever. But I think Levis and Stroud are going to be there later yes. in, in, you know, in the yeah. top 10. I They're going to be there. So... Who's willing to make? Who's willing to do the desperate thing? Who is desperate enough to make this trade that is not named the Denver Broncos? That is the question. And you gotta think the Panthers. Like you think the Panthers, because David Tepper, he's a temperamental man. I don't know necessarily. You know, especially if he's listening to Frank Wright, he may decide that, look at my roster. I really don't have much here, right? I traded McCaffrey. I traded Robbie Anderson. Like, I traded a lot of my offensive weapons. Like, I, right, I, can, I, can, work, I can work with, uh, with, I can work with Bryce Young. All right, well, see, let's, let's first talk about top four quarterbacks, right? We're talking about Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson, right? Hands down, top four guys, right? Okay. Now, the Panthers are picking at nine, Mm -hmm. right? So, really, who ahead of them are you really worried about taking four of these guys, right? Because if you're the Panthers... Are you really going to be upset if at the end of the day at nine you walk away with Anthony Richardson? Are you going to be upset about that? I don't think you are. And if you're the if you're the Raiders, are you really going to be upset if you get Will Levis, which I think would be perfect in their system? That's the problem. Is like you see, Houston's taking a quarterback. Boom, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, hundred <coughs> percent. 
someone's going to trade up to that number one spot to get the other guy. But Arizona ain't taking a quarterback. No. Are the Colts <clears throat> going to take a quarterback? Do they really have to? I don't really think they do. I think Seattle they're signing. Can... They're signing Jimmy G. I think that they're getting. That, I think go, they're going right. to get in there. Seattle could totally stick with Geno Smith. Detroit's got their guy. So really, you're going to get one of the top five guys at nine. Just what I'm thinking from a Panthers perspective. The only hang-up I have for me is I'm thinking the Raiders. Mm. See, I'm one of those. I think think the Raiders are in on Rodgers. But at some point, they're going to be like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's trade some draft picks and just get the number one quarterback in the draft, Bryce Young. That I could totally see happening with Josh McDaniels and the Raiders. And the way they'll spin that is they'll say, hey, you know what? Remember back, you know, remember all the bad mess-ups we made in the, in the past? I can get this right. This is the guy. Look at Jalen Hurts. Look at um, uh, Mac Jones. We, this guy is going to be able to play quarterback in the NFL, right? That's the one. That's the only. Per, that's the only team that I could see trading up for one. But you know, that's who I see doing it. But see, you know who really should trade up for number one? Who? The New York Jets. That's who <laughs> should be trading up for number one. Forget trading for Aaron Rodgers. You're trying forget, to kill me. Oh my god. Forget signing trash car. Go get the future of the organization. Go if you're gonna trade, if you're gonna trade all these things to the Green Bay Packers for Aaron Rodgers, why not trade the same stuff to get the number one pick in this draft and take Bryce Young? See, am I crazy? Am I crazy? Yes. Why? Why? Why would it make more sense to trade all of your assets and draft picks for Aaron Rodgers, which you're gonna get for two years? When you can go and get Bryce Young, who is well ahead, came from a big-time program, big-time organization, won a national championship. Tell me. Talk to me. Do we really need to go over the, the Jets' ineptitude with developing quarterbacks? Do I we, get, do, we, do, I, we, do I really need to go so through the history lesson so, again? So all, so all it is is, like, we need a veteran. doesn't matter who the veteran is. We just we can't teach people how to play quarterback in the NFL, so I need a guy who can play quarterback in the NFL. It doesn't matter that he's a sub-500 record. It doesn't matter that his own team doesn't want him back. It's That's, how, that's where we are with this organization. This team is built to take the next level. Taking a rookie quarterback is setting yourself back. It's restarting the clock. Zach Wilson was a mistake. I think everybody in that building believes that Zach Wilson is a mistake. Everybody in that building believes that Zach Wilson was a mistake. Do they necessarily want to go down that road again? I don't think they do. I think that they would rather mortgage the future for a shot at instant success. Now, that doesn't mean Aaron Rodgers, right? Because Aaron Rodgers, he is as fickle as it comes, right? He can turn around now that he's come out of darkness and he can say he loves Green Bay and he's going to stay there. At which point, what do you do? Like, what are your options? 
to me, Jimmy G is a better option than Derek Carr. Now, are you going to pay Jimmy G? That's the question. Injury history? Like, are you going to be comfortable turning the keys over to Jimmy? Especially with the offensive line that's not the best in the world. I would be, I would say that's more palatable to me than another four years of do we have the guy? Because that is the very definition of insanity. The one time you broke the mold is when you traded for Brett Favre. And there was, an, it, there was a modicum of success until he hurt himself. Stop. What was their record? Stop. They were winning. Who won the division that year? Because Brett Favre got hurt. Because <laughs> Brett Favre was thrown to the wrong fucking team. Because he got hurt. He hurt well, his elbow. No, that's who Brett Favre is, man. He is exactly what the Jets needed. And a veteran presence, we've been saying it for years, a veteran presence is what they need. You can't keep going back to the drawing board with rookies, especially rookies coming out of college. They're not, it's not a good coach position. It's not good coach, it's not well coached in the college ranks. It's not well coached in the professional ranks. Guys like Eli Manning, who come up through that pedigree are few and far between. Patrick Mahomes is an outlier, right? When the best coaching you're getting is coming from the Manning quarterback camp, that's all you need to know. And who they produce recently. Trevor Lawrence, who's okay. Daniel Jones, who the hell knows what he is. He's okay. He's okay. But he's okay. He, he had an okay season. He's okay. He, he had an okay season. He's not $45 million a year good. No. He's That's delusional. He's certainly not $45 million a year good. But I get where he's coming from, though. Because go get Daniel the, Jones. No, no, no. I get, get where he's, I, I get where he's coming from because of the franchise tag. Because of how much he's going to make under the franchise tag, mm-hmm. it makes sense for him to ask for $45 million. It totally makes sense for him. Yeah. So he can have his $45 million, but you know, <laughs> not with the Giants. Go no. with the Jets. Have Go fun. to the Jets. They're the a Jets. fine organization. They're a fine, well-coached they, organization. They well seem run. to know exactly what they're doing. <laughs> I swear Joe, Joe Douglas needed to be uh, drug-tested a couple of days ago. Yeah. So <laughs> if the, the Tampa Bay idea, we float that. I mean, we floated that, right? If you, I mean, if you believe in Justin Fields, right, and the whole thing is we got to get him some weapons, let's get him some weapons. If Jason White calls you and says, hey, We'll give you the 19, we'll give you Godwin, and we'll give you like a fourth round pick. Would you make that trade? You now have a legit number one wideout. No. No? No. No. Interesting. No, he's injured. He's hurt. He's always he's always hurt. He missed time last year too. But when he's on, he gives you legit number one. He gives you exactly what you're or Mike Evans. There you go. Like, if we're cons- if we really want to get this ball rolling, and Tampa Bay, their their window's closing. I think we can all agree that window's closing, especially now what's that they the, don't have Brady. What's the offer? What's the offer with Mike? Mike Evans. So, number the number nineteen, okay. that one stays on the table. The nineteenth uh, overall pick, yeah. Mike Evans, and a conditional fourth. 
and I want the number one pick next year too. That's fair. For a stud wideout? Yeah. I think that was, I think that's a fair trade. That was a fair trade. I want two ones. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. I I would if I'm getting Mike Evans in that deal, I am I'm taking that. I'm gonna take that. The the ones I can always flip elsewhere. That's the whole point, right? That's the whole point is I need I need to get more assets because that's essentially what I'll do with that one is um I'm gonna flip it. Yeah. I mean, I can get that, right? And then I can possibly flip it to the Rams for Jalen Ramsey. And now my, de- most, now my defense is better, and now my offense is better. Because I got to be honest, I'd probably even trade out of 19. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd probably trade back again because I don't – I need players. I need I need a lot of players, not just one player at 19. Okay, That's fine. true. Darnell Mooney is not a number one. Mike Evans, no. that gives you a legit number one. No. Unless but, there's a good running back sitting at 19. Then I probably would want to take a good running back in the second or third round, so I don't have to pay him that much money. True, you can definitely get a, a better running back later down the road. Looking to break into broadcast media, web development, social media marketing, or filmmaking? Then CSB is the program for you. From day one, you'll be trained hands-on by industry pros like friend of the show Rob Adams, whose goal is to get you trained and get you working in months not years. CSB offers 8 and 16 week programs in small class sizes designed to give you the personalized attention you need. If you can make it in person, there are five East Coast locations. If you can't, they offer virtual classes too. How great is that? And once you graduate, you become part of the alumni network that gets you to the front of the line. Trust me, I'm an alum myself. Go to GoCSB.com today, request more info, set up a studio tour, And who knows, you may very well be on your way to a career in broadcast media. That's GoCSB.com and tell them Z sent you. GoCSB.com. We're talking about all this wheeling and dealing. And the NHL trade deadline is ramping up. It's very close. On Friday, we're actually going to see what happens when the dust is settled, right? Big names are moving. Big names are moving. Patrick Kane is finally a New York Ranger. It only took him like two weeks. Jacob Chikrin, one of the best defenders. Two weeks? It took like two years. They've been trying to get Kane forever. I know, but this negotiation, this round of negotiations was taking forever. Mostly because they need to get under the salary cap. Yeah, they had to get somebody to pay him because mm-hmm. they could, can't afford him. <laughs> Phoenix, who so, is solid. And Jacob Chikrin went from Arizona to Ottawa. You had Tarasenko go from the Blues to the Rangers. You had O'Reilly go from the Ra- from the Blues to the, the Maple Leafs. You, Jonathan Quick got moved. He's now a member of the Columbus Blue Jackets, and rumor has it they're going to ship him to the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll see what happens between now and Friday, but as of right now, who still needs to make moves before the deadline at 3 o'clock on Friday? Who did the Bruins get? Did the Bruins get somebody? They got Dmitry Orlov, and they got Garnet Hathaway. So they got depth players, but... They keep getting better. <laughs> yeah, they keep getting deeper, and they keep, they keep getting more talented. So yeah, there's a couple of things I think I'd like to see happen. 
First off, I think the Stars should go out and get Tyler Bertuzzi. You know, he's, you know, he's cheap. And the Red Wings are looking to unload him. The Stars are already, they've already missed on Kane. So you can go get this guy for a ham sandwich, in my opinion. And then two teams, I think, should really go after Brock uh, Bowser, Bowser. Besser, yeah. Minnesota, Besser. Minnesota and the Penguins. The trade would allow the Wild to, would pave the way for the Wild to make the playoffs. And the Penguin, if the Penguins were to get him, they'd become more formidable against the Bruins come playoff time. That is fair. All of those are fair. Um, I would like to see a few more depth pieces, especially now that a team like Colorado just placed Cole McCarr, or Kale McCarr rather. He's on injured reserve. So I think they need to go out. They need to go get some defensive help. They need to go get some depth and actually, you know, rebuild that back end because they had to go trade for Jack Johnson again. Like they had him last year. They had to bring him back in. Now, do you go, do you call up Arizona again and get like a a sixth defenseman like a Patrick Nemeth? Yeah, they're selling. selling. Yeah, they're selling. They're selling. They're trying to, you know, make this team bad enough to relocate to Miami. In the fucking desert. So, right. Yeah. You know, should call it, then call the Arizona Mirage. Like, that's exactly, or the Arizona Oasis, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, Matias Ekholm got moved. Timo Meyer got moved. Nino Niederreiter. There are plenty of guys out there that got moved that are good depth hands. I would like to see Matt Martin get off the island. Like, I, I think that he's a guy that will provide you depth at forward. He'll provide you with that grit and toughness, and he'll be an anchor for you, right? He'll be one of those guys that is going to protect your best players. They would never do it. I would love Matt Martin on the Rangers. I think the Rangers need more grit. I don't think they have enough. I think they went very fancy again. They went super skilled, right? You bring in Kane, you bring in Tarasenko. There's a lot of skill. But you need some grit. You need a balance. You absolutely need a balance. Now, I would like to see a better goaltending situation come out of Vegas because Robin Leonard, like that, went south very quickly. Jonathan Quick, you may get the best of Jonathan Quick, but what are you going to, you know, what are you going to give up to get him? And Vegas, you know, as good as they are, like, they're strapped, man. They are strapped for cash. Like, it's... They shot themselves out of a cannon to try and compete immediately. And they're paying for it now. It's very much like the Rams. Like, they're they're paying for it now. You know, the Penguins got Mikhail Granlund. That's a good move. I, I think that Nashville is selling, too. So you can possibly pick some players off of Nashville and they're they'll be better in the long run because Barry Trotz is back in the organization arguably the best move right one of the most underrated moves was David Poyle retiring and Barry Trotz taking over 
because that's the identity, right? Like he brings, he's going to bring the identity back to Nashville. He's going to bring Smashville back very quickly. Right now they're 29, 23, and 6. It's okay. It's not where it used to be, right? Now, you're not going to be able to move a Matt Duchesne right now. I don't think you'd be able to move Duchesne, but you can possibly move... I mean, they may, you know, may be able to move the sun and the moon and the stars if you wanted to try and pry Roman Yossi from them. I doubt you'd be able to do that. People are trying to get Soros. You see Soros. Very good goalie. I don't know if that'll be able to happen. Maybe you'd be able to get Ryan McDonough. You might be able to you'd do that. 33, older, not really part of the future. A good... You know, solid defender, plays the power play, has a good shot. I I think that would be worth a call, especially to a team like Colorado, right? You need defensive help. Why not? Or, hell, Rangers again. Like, they seem to be going, everything seems to be pointing back to the Rangers. They seem to be trying to fill these holes, right? Their defensive core is very young. Outside of Truba, right? You have Schneider, you have McCullough, you have Miller, who took that horrible, who got that horrible suspension. Ben Harper. Who are these guys? Are we gonna are you gonna give them big minutes in the playoffs? You're gonna have to by, by necessity. Wouldn't you like to have your former captain back? Wouldn't you like to? I would. And you say Pittsburgh is, is trying to arm up. I think the Rangers are trying to arm up too. I think they see themselves as a legitimate threat to Boston. And it'll be a hell of a matchup. That's for sure. But they need to get tougher. They need to get more on the defensive end. And they really need... They really just need more right now. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. Speaking of more, we're moving from the ice to the bright sunshine. Spring training is here, and so is the pitch clock. It's shaving off a significant amount of time. However, it's not without controversy. We've already had walk-off batter's box violations. Exactly what this was designed to do, right? It's a walk-off. Does Major League Baseball already need to tweak the use of the pitch clock? I I think it's it's fine (coughs) for this spring training. Obviously, in the regular season, I can't see that happening. 
Um, I, 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 I get that they're happy that it shaved half hour off games. I, I just, I, I, I don't see it working. I don't see it. I, I see it becoming more dangerous than anything else for a pitcher to pitch quicker than he's ready to, or a batter not to be in the box and being, you know, ready. It's a mental thing to get ready to hit. You know, a lot of people are saying, oh, pitchers will adjust and, and and hitters will adjust, but not everybody is that good, right? Not everybody's that good to adjust to something you've just installed. It's not like, you know, they, they started this in high school and college or they started it, you know, they only started it recently in AAA. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't think it's something that that someone can adjust to so quickly. I think there's a definite learning curve to this, and <clears throat> particularly at the big league level, you're trying to get establish veterans to change their routines. Guys that are 10 years in the bigs aren't changing their routines so readily, right? The only time you hear about this kind of stuff is when they're in slumps. Like, they'll eat something different, or they'll, you know... Right tinker with their swing or they'll look at tape and they'll see that they're tipping their pitches and they'll change how they they have the ball in their glove stuff like that baseball players are creatures of habit absolutely they are absolutely they are like most professional athletes they're creatures of habit and get them out of their comfort and it is a struggle now i can't imagine major league baseball being stupid enough to carry over the ninth inning pitch clock into a game in the regular season. Imagine this. It's opening day. Right? Giants, Yankees, opening day. Bottom of the ninth. Two outs. Tying run on second. Aaron Judge at the plate. 3 2 count. He gets in, he gets settled into the box with seven seconds to go. That's a violation. <laughs> Strike three, Yankees lose, the Yankees lose. Or God forbid, in the playoffs. That would be insane. And I understand that you want to enforce these rules and you want to make the game faster. You cut out all the unnecessary nonsense. That will shave the time. Limiting the throwovers, uh, limiting mound visits like we have been, limiting stalling, right? The pitching, put put a timer on the pitching coach, right? So that way he's not rubbing up, you know, rubbing the rosin bag and wiping his mouth and and talking to the guys about what they're going to, you know, have for dinner. Meanwhile, the guy's getting hot in the bullpen real quick. Like, the ele- those kinds of elements you need to get rid of, right? The elaborate routines, they seem to be going, they seem to be going away, right? The most elaborate routine now is Juan Soto's crotch grab. So, that's going in the right direction. A guy like Christian Javier, like, the whole rocking the baby thing. Do you need all that extra motion to settle in? I don't think so. Guys have been doing it forever. You know, find find a new wind up, you'll be fine. 
<clears throat> just there are ways to trim this down naturally. Putting a clock is only going to rush a pitcher. It's going to rush a hitter. It's a timing game. It's a concentration game. And all it takes, all it takes is one pitch delivered without 100% conviction behind it. Right? GC takes one in the face. Or somebody else gets beamed in the head. That's all it takes. It's a fine line. But I think as far as the pitch clock goes, I think they're probably, they probably need to iron this out. I, I think they need to think about the higher leverage situations in late games. And they need to figure out ways to kind of make this work a little bit more. Because you're not going to have this ticky-tack stuff in, in the regular season. You're not going to have this ticky-tack stuff in the playoffs. But there's also no room for discretion, right? It's not going to be something. It's not going to be something that you can swallow your whistle on. Everybody can see it. the clock is there. So they they need to figure this out. But as right as it is right now, I really don't think it's a good idea, and I think that changes need to be made. Definitely. Speaking of changes, of late there's been increasing speculation about Major League Baseball expansion and the subsequent realignment. So rumor has it, and this is according to Jim Bowden of the Atlantic, former GM, former talking head on MLB, the Nashville team and the Vegas team will be in or possibly Nashville and Charlotte, or Charlotte and Vegas. Those are like the three top areas for relocation or expansion. You get 32 teams in, and you realign. But they've proposed an Eastern Conference and a Western Conference, and geographic divisions. In this brave new world, the Yankees, Mets, Red Sox, and Phillies would all be in the same division. How crazy does this idea sound to you? Well, it definitely cuts down on travel expenses. <laughs> They're all within like four hours of each other. That's true. Uh, it's tough because, you know, you usually build your teams to defeat teams in your division. So there's a little bit of a setback there. Um, the Yankees play the Mets every year in Subway Series. So really, the Phillies, Phillies and the Red Sox, excuse me, would just be the addition there. Um, I'm fine with it. I don't really care. I mean, it, it's interesting that the AL, the, the the AL East has become a really good division the last couple of years. I mean. I think the Orioles are going to be really good this year. I think the Blue Jays are going to be really good this year. Um, but I, I, I don't think it's a crazy idea at all. I, I think it's time for a new realignment. I think it's time for some change. You're changing everything else. Change the divisions. Sure, why not? And you're keeping the rivalry between the Red Sox and the Yankees. You're adding the Mets into this rivalry, which would be really fun. And no, nobody likes the Phillies, so that works out well. <laughs> 
That that is true. Like you've uh, on Twitter, they said they confined the toxicity to one division. That's <laughs> nice of them. That is definitely nice of them. But you also you get both Chicago teams together. Uh, there are all these. There are some fun scenarios that you can have. But then you're also losing out on some rivalries too. You know, you have the Braves. They're no longer in the National League East, right? So that becomes that becomes another instance where you know you've been conditioned to have the Braves in the East, and now like that just kind of changes factors, right? Yeah, you you also new, we carry new rivalries. Although you get new players, you get young players. You start you start fresh, start different, start new. Yeah, I mean you're starting something new, but at the same time it's not exactly I mean, think about this division. You know, if you were a, another division, you're looking at then if you were to realign along the northeast, you'd have the Orioles, the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Pirates, the Nationals is another proposal, right? This was another proposal out there. I kind of like that better. Like I think you keep them aw- I think you keep the Mets and the Yankees away from each other, only come together for a little while. You know, I think you keep the White Sox and the Cubs away from each other. I I, I think that it's you're better served doing that. And it makes it more special. It makes it more intense. Like well, you what have. You, well, what if you? Um, what if you got rid of interleague play though? What if you go with the, you go with the, the alignment that you like, and then you got rid of interleague play, then you wouldn't see the events of the Yankees anymore. You're gonna end up doing. I mean, it's an even all the way through. So you would get the interleague play, but. I, I think that horse has left the barn. I think that, you know, once that interleague play is in, I can't stand interleague play, personally. Like, it was a novel concept way back when, when you were trying to get asses in seats. But now, like, it, it really, it kind of cheapens matchups, right? When we were younger, you kind of had to wait till the All-Star game to see these kind of things. Oh, what's going to happen when Greg Maddox faces Fred Thomas? What happens when Tony Gwynn goes up against Nolan Ryan? What happens when, you know, Ricky Henderson goes up against Dwight Gooden? Like, you used, there was something to look forward to. It was something to speculate. Now, it's like, oh, they're playing on Tuesday. That's nice. It kind of it's lost its luster, and you might create some new rivalries. It's possible, but there's also gonna be a lot of mediocrity. Like you're gonna have on, on the West Coast alone, but the Angels, you have the Diamondbacks, you have the Rockies. You'll have all of these geographic conference division. You'll have this whole geographic conference. And there's going to be a lot of suck. There's going to be a lot of suck. I just don't know. I just don't know about it. And I'm really not sold on expansion either. 
Like, I understand the idea of it. You know, you want to open up new markets. You want to make more money. But you're diluting the product. The product is already pretty damn diluted. I mean, it would be nice for Nashville to have a team. It would be nice for Vegas to have a team. It would be nice for Charlotte to have a team. Is it something that's mandatory right now? I don't think so. I don't necessarily think so. A lot of change. It's a lot of too much too fast in terms of change, right? It, it seems like a lot. Universal DH, you have all these rule changes. Now more expansion and then realignment. It, it's a lot. Baseball is better served in, uh, you know, glacial changes, right? Very slow. Let's do that. Right, let's just ease into some changes. We're modernizing this game very quickly. And it's becoming too modern too fast. So, ultimately, I don't, I just, I don't think it's a fantastic idea. But, that, I, this cannibalistic American League or this cannibalistic Northeast Division it would just be an absolute shit show an absolute shit show in terms of toxic fans in terms of the media coverage in terms of fan reaction to the media coverage outside of this bubble that got created just, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. So, workshop this one, Jim. Workshop this one. You can't help but smile when you see a balloon. The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Popstar is located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events. Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school and corporate events, store openings, or just because. Westchester Popstars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art, creating decorative installations for your special occasions. No event is too big or too small, and their custom personalization service is top-notch. Westchester Popstars is a private studio, quickly expanding. In-person consultation is by appointment only. Send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information or to schedule an appointment. No need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester Popstars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, or Google. Bullshit or no shit, we're going to debate this week's most controversial sports topics right now. All right, boys and girls, we have a statement, and it's either bullshit or no shit. Bullshit or no shit, number one, Manny Machado will play out his new contract with the Padres. So much for him becoming a Met, huh? Thank God. Thank God. I mean, hey, (coughs) sounds like the Padres are committed to winning, man. They're trying. They're trying. But no, I mean, I think the contract takes him up to the age of 41. 
yeah, so I'm gonna say bullshit. I don't think he plays on the whole contract. Forty-one. It would take him to age forty-one. Now, <clears throat> I'm going bullshit as well. He's a consistent ball player, but he's entering his age thirty season. At what point do you start to break down? Probably halfway through this contract. The one saving grace is that the National League now has a DH. So, he could easily get another year or two out of that. But, I just don't think A, they're going to be in tension, they're going to be in contention the entire time. Throwing money at the problem doesn't always work, as we've seen. And B, wait, I just foresee his body breaking down. Like, that's just father time, you know? And he's a bigger guy, he's six foot three. He's a bigger dude. So does he end up at first base? Possibly. He's not going to be a third forever. So eventually he's out. He'll get close. I think he retires at 38. I think 38's going to be Manny's number. But by then, he'll be off of third base, platooning between first and DH. And if the Padres are out of contention at some point, it's possible they could flip him. There's no such thing as an untradeable contract. You just got to be willing to plug your nose. So, he's not making the whole length. He'll get close, but he's not going to make the whole length. Bullshit or no shit. Number two, the Vikings are the best organization to play for in the NFL. Where is this coming from? So, it was a poll. They actually polled players. It's one of our polls. But uh, J.C. Treader, actually, the uh, one of the heads of the union, polled 1,300 players... And the top three, right? You had Miami, you had Arizona, you had Miami, you had Minnesota, but I mean, just right there, right? That's that's disqualified right there. That <laughs> Miami and Minnesota are on the top of this list. And then at the bottom of this list, you had the commanders. You had the Chargers. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. And then number three on this survey for best places to play is Vegas. Mm, yeah. So Minnesota, Miami, and Vegas. No pressure. Whereas the Chargers, the Cardinals, and the Commanders were the worst. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to say bullshit. Uh, I, don't, I wouldn't want to play for Minnesota. Um, but I... I gotta, I gotta imagine my, Miami's gotta be nice because of the weather. Uh, expectations are low too, so it's gotta be fun. So I like Tennessee. Tennessee seems like a fun town. Mm-hmm. Be my two votes. Solid. So the criteria for this: treatment of players' families, food service and nutrition, the weight room, the strength coaches, the training room, the training staff, the locker room, and team travel. With that. Absolute bullshit. Ha! Absolute bullshit. The only reason why Philly isn't 
near the top of this list is because of his tra- treatment of families. Like, they're rough. Philly's rough. We know this. But <clears throat> where's Kansas City? That's my question. Yeah. Where's Kansas City on this list? Like, you're telling me New Orleans isn't a great place to play? Right? You're telling me that, like, playing for the Rams? Like, you're in L.A. You're in a huge market. Seattle's a great city. Like, I find it very interesting that these are the criteria, and I don't buy it for a second. Like, I really don't. You know? And then it's just silly. Some of these things are just silly that the Bengals don't provide nutritional supplements. Okay, so (laughs) three of the league's 32 teams don't keep their cafeteria open for dinner. Okay, so so because they offer you dinner it's going to be on the list. go, Go make dinner. Go go home, see your family, and have dinner with your family. You don't need to be, you don't need to always be in the facility. Like we're we're going beyond work life balance. That is complete work life imbalance. And it's the Vikings. Need we say more? You know, such a great place. It's not translating to results on the field. Paper Tigers. Paper Tigers. Bullshit or no shit. Number three. Davis Webb and Joe Lombardi will unlock the old Russell Wilson. How did Davis Webb get a job? <laughs> like, how is he <coughs> the quarterback coach? He's younger than Russell Wilson. What is his ties to Sean Dayton? Like, how did this even happen? I'm going to say bullshit. I don't see how any of this is going to work. Maybe Sean Payton will have an influence on Russell Wilson, but not Davis Webb. (laughs) And Joe Lombardi is just a disciple of Sean Payton, so I'm going to say bullshit. Wow, three bullshits for me. I'm going to say no shit from this standpoint. It's kind of like how Andy Reid calls the plays and the OC gets the credit. Sean Payton's going to move, he's going to pull the strings here. And Lombardi and Davis Webb are going to get the credit. <clears throat> Payton's the puppet master here. He knows what he needs to do in order to unlock Russell Westbrook, Russell Wilson, excuse me, Russell Westbrook, my goodness. Maybe he knows how to unlock Russell Westbrook as well. Yeah. You know what you need to do? Get everybody who was Russ's guy out of the building. His personal quarterback coach, his personal PR team, anybody who was affiliated with Russell Wilson, suddenly their suddenly their key fobs don't work. You're here. You're playing for the the Denver Broncos. This is how we're gonna do it. That is, that is what really needs to happen. You need to put your foot down. You need to put your foot down and let Russell Wilson know that 
you're not running the show. You tried that last year, and it was the worst statistical season of your career. Let me take the reins here, buddy. Let's ride. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. It's time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. Here's how it goes. We put up a poll on our Twitter account at FadeRouteDNZ, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote. And the winner of said vote gets a shout out on this here show and the coveted ass trophy. Do you know who took home the coveted ass trophy last week? I don't. The NBA slash Adam Silver for the abomination that was the NBA all-star game. But that was last week. This is this week. Who are your nominees? D. Alright, first up got my boy Joe Douglas. At the Combine, Joe told reporters that Derek Carr is a high-level producer. High-level <coughs> producer of what? Music? What, huh. what What? tape is Joe Douglas watching of Derek Carr? Is he watching, like, high school highlights? College highlights? Like, dude's own team didn't want him. They need to start drug testing at the Combine. Drug test everybody, not just players. Drug test the staff, too. <laughs> Joe Douglas, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Number two, Russell Wilson. Reports are you tried to have Pete Carroll and John Snyder fired your last season in Seattle. Both guys sided with you when they broke up the Legion of Boom, and you called for their heads. Russell Wilson, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last and certainly least is the Brooklyn Nets and Ben Simmons. Currently slotted in the sixth spot. Reports are the Nets will sit Simmons the rest of the season and then buy out his contract. What a mess. Brooklyn Nets and Ben Simmons, you are my alleged superstars of the week. Z, what do you got? Yeah, those are pretty bad. Those are all pretty pretty bad. I'm going to start with John Morant. That guy. What the hell is going on <laughs> in Tennessee? Like, allegedly you beat up a teenager during a pickup basketball game. <laughs> Jesus! You, this was over the summer. Now, you're in the news for flashing your gun, threatening a director of mall security, and beating somebody else up. The Grizzlies are getting out of control very, very fast. I, I'm not sure what the hell is going on, but I, I think we need to fix this. We, uh, the NBA needs to look into this. Because what was a feel-good story, right, of not being great for the longest time, now it's it's not so good. It's not so good. John Morant, you are my alleged superstar of the week. CB Buckner, not just for not just for being a terrible off. I mean, that's easy. Like that that's pretty much, you know, what you do. 
That's what you do. <laughs> but uh, Ali Marmol tries to be the bigger man after you went off on him last year, tossed him from the game, and proceeded to like run your mouth about how he just got here and that you've been a veteran in the major leagues. Yes, you are a veteran in the major leagues. Arguably the second worst umpire in the major leagues. So, kudos to you. And Ali Marmol tries to bury the hatchet with you at home. You know, before the game, a little pregame handshake, a little pregame dap, and you snub him. What the hell is wrong with you, man? Squash the beef and move on. The world knows you suck. Like, you don't need... you. The whole world knows you suck. You don't need to be drawing attention to yourself. C.B. Buckner, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last but not least, Brandon Miller, you're back. So, you got your gun and gave your gun to a friend... And ultimately, that gun was used to kill somebody. And then, you proceed to walk out onto the court for University of Alabama basketball. And the team manager pretends to frisk you. You put your arms out, and the team manager frisks you as if he's looking for a handgun. How tone deaf can you be? Somebody was just killed. Somebody was just killed with a gun that you supplied. And that's your reaction? Son, that's just absolutely ridiculous. And you have a lot of growing up to do. Yes, you are you are not a suspect, but at the same time, you definitely need to mature a little bit. Brandon Miller, you are my alleged superstar of the week. I think we've said our piece. Go to the Twitter poll at FadeRouteDNZ and vote, and vote, and vote, and vote, and for our nominees. Just do better, boys. Just do better. Of course you love brownies. But you know what's better than a brownie? A delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave. From the classic OB to Dutch Apple to Campfire S'mores and many more. Check out their website, SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, for their Friday brownie drops. At noon, their site goes live and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow on Instagram and Facebook too at SweetLifeBrownie underscore co for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com. 
Give him a call, 845-641-3043, and tell him DNZ sent you. That's sweetlifebrownieco.com, 845-641-3043. Sweet Life Brownie Co., because there's always room for a brownie. Order up! It is time for us to continue our Major League Baseball preview and order up. Order up, order up. This week, we are ordering up the American League Central. So, from five to one, who you got, D? Man, what an interesting division this is. All right. So, at the bottom of the barrel, I've got the Kansas City Royals. I just don't see a lot of talent outside of Bobby Wood Jr. and Zach Greinke. It's just not enough to do anything. Okay. Number four, I got the Tigers. I think they have slightly more than the Royals, but they're not ready. Casey Mize, Spencer Turnbull, Spencer uh, Torkman. I think they are two years away. However, they need to play. They need to start playing like big leaguers. Um, number three, I got the Twins. I know a lot of people have the Twins finishing one. I certainly think it's possible. I just, God, I just have a feeling Curry is going to get hurt. Curry is either going to have like a monster year or just a not a year. Um, number both two, things I'm, can be true. Both teams can be true. Number two, I got Cleveland. <coughs> I think Cleveland's too. They'll contend. I think they'll contend all the way to the end. But and I think they'll probably wind up getting a wild card. I like their team. They won the division last year. And last year I had the White Sox. This year I'm taking the White Sox again. I mean, I know they lost the Brave, but I think they have really good starting rotation. Um, they just need to stay healthy. And they they were 500 last year, and they were just hurt all last year. Like everybody was hurt. If they have a healthy year. I think they're contenders. That's fair. I mean, a lot was working against them last year, including the manager. Wait, let's not forget. <laughs> let, let's not downplay Tony Larusa's impact on that. Like that was pretty bad. So you know they're going into this year with a new manager, a new out, you know, a fresher outlook. Yeah. And we'll see what happens. I mean, but, C, you got C's. They got um, Kopech. You would imagine Clevenger if he doesn't get suspended. That's going to be a tricky situation. I think he's Trevor Boward and pending an investigation. <laughs> I, I think you have to sit him out. Right? Domestic violence and child abuse, I think you need to sit him back. I mean, that needs to be investigation pending. You know, this is tough, right? There's not much on the Royals, right? You have, like, they brought in guys to kind of fill out the roster, right? They brought in Ryan Yarbrough. They brought in Jordan Lyles. They brought in guys to trade. They literally brought in guys to deal with the deadline. Like, are you going to deal Zach Greinke? Probably. Like, there really there isn't much here. There really isn't. Now, 
the outfield is nothing to be nothing to sneeze at. And then you have Bobby Wood Jr. You have Hunter Dozier, who had a decent year last year. Let's see what he can do. Like Nicky Lopez, he's kind of there all the time. He did better last year than he had in previous seasons, but I don't know. Does Salvi Perez finally get traded at age 32? Does he finally get moved on? Yeah, I just, I don't see it. I, I really don't see it with the Royals. I really don't. Fourth place, you're looking at the Tigers. The Tigers are just extremely disappointing. They're just designed to be disappointing. And it starts with pitching, right? Scooble's going to miss time. Turnbull is coming back from missing time. Best pitcher on this team is Eduardo Rodriguez. He's kind of eh. Lorenzen, they're going to try him out as a starter. He's most effective out of the bullpen. I think he's he's better served in that role. Then you have a guy in Matthew Boyd who they're bringing back. So we're going to see how that works out. Like, what are you getting from Javi Baez? What are you getting from Scope? Is Torkelson going to have a better year? <laughs> Torkelson needs to. He absolutely needs to have a better year than last year. Austin Meadows. There's a huge question mark there. What's he going to be now that he's not with Tampa Bay? Like, let's see. Like, let's... Let's take it to the next level here. Like, you you gotta... You have something to do here. You have something to prove. But other than that... <clears throat> Just the presence of like uh, an Eduardo Rodriguez makes it slightly more palatable than the Kansas City Royals. I'm going with the Guardians in third. I think they take a step back. Last year, they were very young. They were very inexperienced. They didn't know how in over the head they were. This year, there's tape. This year, there are expectations. So, we're going to see if they can rise to meet those expectations or if they're going to fold. They brought in Zunino. We'll see if that's enough. Because there aren't that many changes to this roster. So, I think last year they outkicked their coverage. This year, they're going to come down to earth just a little bit. Just a little bit. Second place, I'm in on the Twins. I think that the Pablo Lopez move is going to prove to be a very good one. The rotation is solid. The pitching is there. What are you going to get from this offense? Yes, Carlos Correa is there. I understand that. The pitching is what's going to carry them. The pitching is what's going to carry them here. You can't expect Correa to finish the year, right? He's going to miss time. You can't expect Buxton. Buxton's going to get hurt. Like, he's good for 
he's good to miss at least 60 games. That's why they went and got Michael A. Taylor. You need somebody who can actually play the outfield. The immortal Joey Gallo is there. (laughs) They're hoping, they're banking, they're praying that Joey Gallo returns to Texas Ranger form. Never mind the we're gonna forget that Joey Gallo was a Yankee. They're gonna they're banking on the fact that he's in such a small market now that he'll return to form. What are you gonna get from Kepler? What are you gonna get from Kirilov? This team is very pitching forward, and I think they're gonna do just enough. They'll make some moves. And they'll both they will definitely bolster that offense. But the perfect storm of offense, defense, and pitching is the Chicago White Sox. Up and down that roster, right? Yes, Mike Clevenger is a question mark. He is, you can't deny it. But they have more than enough to make up for him not being there if he gets bowered. Right, that bullpen alone, very deep. You have Deekman, Graveman, Joe Kelly is there. You have that. That is a deep, deep one. Spellman's own Nick Padilla, Cardinal Spellman's own Nick Padilla. He's a non-roster invitee. Maybe he, maybe he uh, makes a couple spot starts this year. And then you get to the roster. You get to the position players. Right? Moncada. Anderson. Leori Garcia. They went and got Benintendi. Right? They lost Abreu. But they changed up how they're doing things. Sheets is still there. Vaughn is still there. Robert's still there. Jimenez is still there. Loaded. Loaded, loaded, loaded. It's time for the pale hose to live up to the potential. This has been the Fade Route with DNC. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcast. So until next time, stay faded, everyone. Time for us to run the go route, but we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.